and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. What would you say if I could give you a chance to be mentored by the world's leading international thought leaders, authors, speakers and change makers? Well, from the 25th to the 31st of August, we are launching our free seven-day online summit with 21 very inspirational human beings that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, cognitive psychology, spiritual psychology, evolutionary biology, genetics, medicine, and philosophy to help the audience understand how their unconscious habits and thought patterns affect their ability to build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. To find out more, go to katherineplano.com forward slash summit. But wait, there is more. We have a super exciting announcement, our first Australian tour for Be Undeniably Awesome, which is also happening in August, where I will be sharing with you 12 powerful tools to rocket fuel your transformation. As you know, we are on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Sometimes there is no next time and no second chances. Sometimes it's now or never. So what are you waiting for? Don't give it another thought. Take action today and go to katherineplano.com forward slash tour. All links will be found in the show notes for dates and location. This week, we have another super amazing guest for you, Morgan McKean. Morgan was born an intuitive empath and energy channel with a knack for helping people navigate the beautiful yet sometimes murky waters of life, love, and intimate relationships. She first dipped her feet into spirituality and the human potential movement at the age of six, and it has become a lifelong love affair, which she now shares with others so they can heal their wounds and issues. Morgan states that just because of her spiritual gifts and understandings, it doesn't mean that her life has been a bed of roses. Just like you, she has childhood wounds, struggled with self-esteem issues, and have even found herself in more than one abusive relationship, and faced them all successfully using the same insights, understandings, and techniques that she now shares in her private practice, in the media, and in her first book published by Gilead Media Group, Becoming Princess Charming, Creating the Magical Mindset for Your Happily Ever After. Known for being a vitamin B12 shot for people's dreams, her mission is to help free individuals from pain and suffering by asking those tough questions. 
pointing out what you are not seeing and challenge individuals to elevate their thinking so they can release the pain and hurt that they have been carrying. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today we have another amazing guest for you, Morgan McKean, all the way from Southern California. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Uh, I have to say, before we get started, um, Morgan and I was having a little bit of a chat prior to us uh, getting on the show, and you were going to be blown away. Um, She is full of energy, and um, I think I'd love for you to share what you just shared with me, what they uh, uh, call you back at home. What's the drink? Well, at home here, a client of mine coined me as a butterfly on Red Bull because I'm just dripping with energy. And if she could drink bottle and drink me, she would. And so that's kind of stuck with me. Butterfly on Red Bull. Uh, I uh, I can really relate to that because like I said, I am pumped and um, definitely have a lot more energy. So the way that we love to start the show, Morgan, is always with our Woman of Inspiration uh, unique story. So what's your unique story? Tell us how you got to where you are today. Okay, so the beginning of this is I'm an intuitive empath and I was actually born with these spiritual gifts as all of us are. However, mine kind of came out on steroids and they were never educated out of me. Additionally, I was born into a home where there was mental illness, including bipolar, narcissism, and alcoholism. And that combination gave me the emotional and mental traumas to make me a debilitating codependent, which makes an intuitive empath an awesome wounded healer. Take that into adulthood, and I went through relationship after relationship after relationship that would sink my career, because I knew I was supposed to counsel and guide people, and I would, of course, like many women, get involved with the men, become codependent, and hit a wall, until finally, a few years back, even though I had a very successful healing practice, I met up with what I call my final narcissist. And I went through what you would call a dark night of the soul, the kind that you do not want to wake up from. But I did because I'm also a mother and I knew I had to be solid as brick to be able to First of all, stop the cycle so that my son didn't turn out like I did. And two, get him where he needed to go. So step by step, day by day, I started new rituals and new practices until I became strong again and became the woman who could live my new book, Becoming Princess Charming. I love the title. It's pretty awesome. So, Morgan, I just have a a question. I'm sure our listeners are probably thinking about it too. When you're talking about a wounded healer, what exactly did you do as part of your practice and rituals to pull you out of the dark night of the soul? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked because it was not easy. And I want to say for any woman who's going through it, this is a very important note and it's a sidestep. If you are having thoughts that you don't want to get up in the morning, or I'm just going to say it, suicidal thoughts. I want you to know you don't want to die. What is going on in your mind is you cannot find the solutions. You need to keep going because that abuse hits 
the thought box, the very thing that creates the thought stream for you, it hits it and creates mediocre thoughts. And then you start to believe those mediocre thoughts and it sinks you. So the very, very, very first thing that you have to do is get a hold of your thought stream and be gentle with it and watch the thoughts that are going through your mind saying, that one doesn't belong to me. It's the mediocre one from the trauma or the abuse or the situation or the breakup or whatever it is. This quality of thought is not good for me. And I need to listen to a podcast. I need to meditate. I need to journal. I need to get in the shower and put warm water on my body so that the energy is actually moving faster. I need to go for a walk because the endorphin release is going to counter the depression that I'm feeling. When I say to you, you need to do anything and everything to stop the negative thoughts distract yourself with something positive. And let me be clear here, sweetheart, wine, women, song, party scene. That's not the distraction I'm talking about because if you choose a temporary solution in this place, it will become part of your habits. And if it's a bad habit, it's one more thing you have to overcome. So what you have to do is learn to parent you in a way perhaps that you were never parented. And if you need some help, Watch some kid movies of cute parents who love their children and start to treat you like you see other parents parent children. Parent that inner child in you because that's the wounded child who is the wounded healer. And just to be clear for those of your listeners who don't understand wounded healer, wounded healer is the person who is so wounded they heal others trying to heal themselves. In other words, if I heal your hurt, somehow it will heal my own. And so each time I was presented with someone I could tell my story to, instead of being embarrassed, which is what I was when I was younger and I had mentally ill parents, I told my story and I told it proudly. And something your listeners cannot see is I'm six feet tall, like a female Tony Robbins. And so for me to have gone through abuse and be codependent was shocking to people like, wow, if you've had this, I somehow have permission to have gone through it myself. So let me tell you, if you have gone through this, you are not alone. You can change your thoughts and you have to put one foot in front of the other and not let your history or your trial become your identity. Mm, I love it. And I love the fact that you even brought up about the thought of suicide because it's actually a conversation I had with my sister quite some time ago just in regards to uh, having these thoughts and wondering whether how many actual uh, people have these thoughts and are just too ashamed to talk about it. And I'm really glad that you brought it up because it does, I think, that when you get into a place where you feel completely lost and there is no way out of it, you do get stuck in a bit of a rut and therefore you do get some of those dark thoughts that, you know, come in. And I think it's quite normal. I think it's it's um, not abnormal to have these thoughts and I think it's really important to be able to talk about them and not carry them with shame. What do you think? Absolutely. That's why I wanted to say that. And I wanted to be a little bit careful, not knowing how your audience would receive it. But suicidal thoughts are something that almost every human being on the planet experiences because to be human means to feel the separateness of us and to feel separate means to be scared of the unknown. And so when we're scared of the unknown, we don't think we have the tools or resources or ability to overcome it. That is when the idea that I know I will stop my life. 
it would be easier to just stop this whole thing, get off the you know ride and just stop it. And so that's when the idea that I want to die comes into place. What you want to do in those moments, dear heart, if you feel this way, is be still and distract yourself. It doesn't matter what you distract it with as long as it's not destructive, of course, but put on a movie. It can be the stupidest bubblegum movie that you laughed at when you were 16 years old, but it will remind you that this problem that feels so overwhelming is just that. It's a problem. It's something that can be overcome. It can be something that is dealt with. It is a promise. There is no problem bigger than you. Do you know why? No. Because your psyche created it. That is why biblical teachings, other spiritual teachings say you'll never get a problem that you can't handle. The scientific or metaphysical reason behind that is your mind cannot create a problem that it cannot solve. Mm, I like that. That is why you have certain people that bless their hearts are living in poverty behind with bars on the window or they're homeless or whatever, because that's the level that their mind knows how to create and solve problems. And then you have on the other end, maybe someone who's a multi-billionaire who's doing stuff around the world and they have those same overwhelming feelings of suicide, but their scope or their scale is, you know, 10 times, 100 times bigger. Doesn't matter. That's what their consciousness or psyche is dealing with. So if you're feeling suicidal for some reason, it's because what you have in front of you feels bigger than the solutions or ideas that you know how to come up with to deal with it. And one of the best things you can do is stop facing the problem and put it on the shelf and do with something else. Or, and this is kind of fun and is really popular in business, throw the hot potato to someone else who can deal with it. You know, if you're feeling this way because your mortgage is going to be late, then get on the phone with your mortgage bank dealer and say, look, we need to do something. I'm in hot water and I'm tired of feeling this way. I need relief. Can we do a payment plan? Can I pay it 90 days late? Can I pay a half payment? I'm going to guarantee you chances are the bank rather get 50% of the payment and work with you than not get anything and have you running scared. And you know what the difference is for you? Peace of mind, clarity. And that peace of mind and clarity will give you a canvas to create what you need to have more resources coming in so that mortgage can be paid. Yep. That just takes a little bit of, uh, I guess, courage too, to actually be able to do that. So I'd love to maybe unpack your book a little bit, Becoming Princess Charming. Talk us through the book. So a little bit of background on the book is, as you heard me say in the beginning, I have gone through a lot of different types of abuse from parental to men to business partners. And I was asked to write a biography because, as you said, I am from California and my first career was as a Hollywood producer and music label owner. And so I was involved with some pretty interesting people and people wanted me to write a biography of the domestic violence I experienced and who I experienced it by. This book was actually the tools that I used to get out of that relationship because I did not want to discuss over and over the abuse because I am a firm believer that whatever you focus on 
grows. And if I was to focus on the abuse over and over, I would identify as the victim bigger and bigger instead of a survivor. So the backstory on this book is these are the tools that I used and have since handed to thousands of women to create the life they want. And what I did, because I'm a little bit sassy, is I created a sassy self-help guide to do this. And there are six chapters in the book, and each chapter represents a session with me. And those sessions are fun, food, and fitness, men, money, and meaning. And they're just as fun as the names and titles would imply. Because in each of these chapters, you will meet princesses or heroines that are going to show you what like life is like from their level or consciousness, like we were speaking about a minute ago, and what that yields you. So for example, in the food chapter, I have princesses like fast food Frida, starving Sarah, perfectionist Polly, controlling Connie, and ego eating Edna. And these women are all going to explain to you their perspective, beliefs, or psyche as to why they eat the way that they do. And if you associate with that particular princess and you need some help on how to get out of that, I provide you a magic spell, otherwise known as new programming, so you can shift your beliefs about food fitness, men, money, or the meaning of your life to something more close to your desired experience. Mm, I love it. So Morgan, if you were to give a a piece of advice to our listeners, uh, someone that would want to embark on a new life, what would be that one piece of advice, maybe from your book that you would like to share with our listeners? One thing that I talk about in the book is that gratitude and appreciation is like a fairy godmother. You cannot be afraid and grateful in the same moment. You cannot be afraid or insecure and be appreciative in the same moment. If you are starting a new adventure, you're embarking on a new journey. The first thing that I would invite you to do is be grateful for the idea that you have been inspired as an in spirit to move forward. And with each inspiration and each experience or challenge, be grateful that it is molding you into the person you've asked to become. In other words, the successful business owner or the successful wife or the successful nonprofit owner or speaker or whatever it is, use gratitude as a soothing tool to overcome any fear, anxiety, or insecurity. Mm, I love that. I do practice gratitude on a daily basis, and I do ha- I do believe it does pull you out of that state of, of um, being fearful all the time. Absolutely. So, Morgan, what is one of your greatest lessons that you have learned thus far? I would say one of my biggest lessons is to not – take the approval or disapproval of others personally, Mm -hmm. as you cannot believe people whose minds change on themselves, let alone you. Or, you know, I have a little quote version of it is you can't take anything personally because you are only ever feeling your own thinking. So in other words, you're only ever feeling what you think that they think about you. So if they approve of you and you think that that makes you okay, you've given your power to them to say, I'm okay. And so if they disapprove of you, 
Now they've taken that power away from you and now you're empty. So if you never give them power, whether it be positive or negative, you never have to worry about getting your power back. Mm, I totally agree with that. I love that when you only, it's true, you only feel what you think. So depending on how the meaning you give anything that comes your way, um, you're in totally uh, control of it. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, we all hear this all the time. You cannot control everything that happens to you. And I dare say you actually cannot control how you first respond or react to it. But you can, after processing something, decide how you want to show up and navigate it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, Morgan, another question we love to ask our a uh, woman of inspiration is about pain points. We believe that everyone has pain points. What would be a pain point for you and how do you um, like walk through your pain point? What's the solution for you? So I will say a very um, intimate pain point with me would be learning to love again after going through so much abuse and trauma. You know, it's when you have been through narcissistic abuse, and I'm guessing some of your listeners have, that's where you've been involved with someone who is actually like lying to you, saying that they love you so they can extract energy, but they really don't. Then to come up against someone who actually is interested in you with an authentic and sincere heart, it becomes traumatizing. You know, falling in love becomes an actual trauma, a horror, like, oh my gosh, every turn is like, you know, a needle or a shot is coming at you because you're so afraid. And so that has been a very big pain point starting all the way from the trauma of daddy, you know, as I said, mental issues and alcohol to traumatic men. And what I had to do to overcome that was first pray a lot that the universe would align me with somebody that would be transparent enough for me to get past issues that are maybe be normal in other relationships. But I asked for it and I meditated on it and I manifested. And when it came up, I still was traumatized. I still had moments where good things were happening. I'd be like, nope, he said he loves me. He doesn't. Literally, he no sooner said the words, I love you. And I'm like, no, you don't. It was, and there was an instant mirror of my trauma. And so from that, I had to learn that's not me speaking. I cannot believe my thought here. Time to reprogram. And so I use the very same tools that I share in the book. And one that I'd love to share with your listeners, if you don't mind. No, I please do. Okay. So this is called a focus wheel. And there are a lot of self-help teachers that use this tool, but I'm going to share here my version of it. So what you do, like for me, as I'm speaking of a romantic relationship, I put, I am worthy of love and a romantic relationship. And then I circle this in the middle of a piece of paper. And from this, I take lines and I draw them to other spaces on the page, empty spaces. And I write reasons why, you know, because I'm a valuable person, because I'm a healer, because I'm a mother, because whatever the reasons are or have been for my own psyche, they will be different for everybody. But what happens is you give all of these reasons why the middle idea is true. So you start to build those parts of your mind or your core that are deficient in this belief so you can build them up. Because here's one of the core things of all things that happen to us that we, we might perceive to be negative choices all come from a deficient core. Mm. And what I mean by that is this. 
I give a question to clients and people all the time that I will share with you in just a moment that helps them really see where a deficient core is where they make a lot of their poor choices. And it's this. If before every choice you were about to make, you asked yourself, if I really loved and valued myself, what choice would I make here? You would get a response that would elevate your quality of choice, which would then elevate the quality of your life because you'd be elevating your responses, which would elevate everything. But we have to get to that place. Mm, that's uh, that's uh, a really good, I'm just thinking as you were saying it, uh, that's um, would take a little bit of practice as well in the regards of pause first to be able to ask that question that if before every choice you, you're about to make, is it aligned with your values and the love of thyself? Uh, what kind of choice would you make? Then it would be very different, very different. Because I know for me, I'm I'm very much, I know that I can quite easily put myself out of the picture and just to please others, I will say, yes, I will do this for you when every ounce of my being's like, no, you don't have the capacity, Catherine. So don't do it. But you do right. it. Yeah. And that's where like this focus wheel exercise works with this part because the focus wheel is building you up to a place where you do love and value yourself. And here are all the reasons why, because, you know, we as human beings are so insecure. My eyes aren't pretty enough. My hair is not long enough. I'm not thin enough, curvy enough, whatever it is. So focus wheel helps to build in those deficiencies and core. And then you add this kind of question, you know, if I loved myself or if I valued myself or if I wanted the best for myself, what choice would I make? You would see how these two play off of each other to actually elevate the quality of your thoughts and then subsequently the quality of your life. Mm. So Morgan, I'm also curious, with your pain points, do you uh, see that that uh, sometimes play out in your business as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It really did. Um, especially in the first beginning years of having a healing practice, I'm an intuitive counselor. People come to me to deal with these issues and because they were, I don't want to use the term broken, but their hearts were broken in the moment. I would decrease my own value. I would work twice as hard for half the money. I would work for two hours when they had paid for one. You know, I had, you know, all sorts of things that I look back now and say, you didn't value your gifts. You didn't value your skills. You didn't value your time. You constantly made this other person's approval of you more important because when you're born with esoteric gifts, not everybody, but with me and the issues I had, I devalued them. I thought, oh, well, I'm not good enough, even though I had these things that were helping people. So part of that pain point, as it did with men and being codependent, it showed up with clients like, oh, please, please work with me. Please say I'm good enough. Please say, you know, that kind of thing. And it would show up. It would show up in the type of people who wanted to work with me. Mm, yeah. So do you think that also would impact, for example, I, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but I know that um, pretty much in Australia, they say you'd be lucky to so survive the first 12 months in business. And a lot of organizations uh, don't survive within the first year or two years. So what do you think would be um, a reason why people fail to succeed? Do you think that's got a lot to do with, I guess, some of their past experiences they're bringing into the business? Absolutely. Emotional trauma no matter where it comes from, creates a lens, if you will, over our thought stream, over our perspective. And so a lot of people, when they want to start a business, 
unfortunately, don't always want to do it for reasons that will carry them to where they want to go. They're not necessarily bad reasons. Let me be clear. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, good or bad. I'm just saying their initial reasons for wanting to create this business aren't always in alignment with them getting there. And so one of the things that I tell people when they're like wanting to do something like this is when you see the end result of your successful business, do you want to do all the things you need to do to get there? Now, I get if you're not an accountant, perhaps you don't want to do the accounting. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is if your business is authentically from your soul and spirit, part of your calling, whatever way you want to term this, you will be excited about each step of the way. You know, like when you plant the seed of a new garden, you don't expect that seed to, you know, bear fruit the next day. You understand you're going to have to put in the soil and the water and the dirt and the fertilizer and maybe six weeks, a year, whatever the plant would do, it'll start gestating later. You know that there's a period of time. A lot of people who start businesses think that they're going to reap, you know, a harvest the day after they sow the seed. It does not work that way. So if you're starting a business only for the purpose of the success it will yield you, chances are you're going to fail unless you have a lot of money to throw at it. Most businesses, just like a baby, just like a relationship, just like anything worth growing, require that you love it in the present moment as is, that you don't expect more from it than you've put into it. You know, so many business owners put just a few startup seeds in it and they expect that business to start yielding fruit. Would you expect that of anything else on planet Earth? Would you expect a baby to pop out of their mom and start walking, uh, you know, 90 seconds after they popped out? No, that's how you have to look at a business and you have to have the consciousness, mindset, gratitude and tenacity to understand you're embarking on a long term journey. You know, Mm. unless you're just a financial investor throwing some money at some situation, if you're starting a business from your heart blood, sweat, tears, investment. It's a journey and it's going to take you a while to get to the experience that your heart wants to manifest. So true. Absolutely. I think it's, it also teaches you patience for some people. I know that I've spoken to and worked with very much so compare themselves with other um, entrepreneurs. And the thing is, you know, some of these entrepreneurs, yes, they did, a, you know, they had a successful a year, but it probably took, took them 15 or 17 years to get there. And that's the thing you don't see. You just see them get to that point of time for celebration. <clears throat> You also don't know what they've done before. You know, in our field or my field, the healing field, there are people who, you know, have books overnight that seem bestsellers. But what you don't know is in their career before becoming, saying, a life coach, they were a publicist for 10 years. So they already know who to call, what to do, and all of that. It's not because they're more talented than you. It's not because they know more than you. It's not because they've healed more people than you. It's simply because they come from a different background that put them in the media eye quicker than maybe your experience did. And that's where you really have to put blinders on and say, what is it that puts my heart on fire? And I talk about this in the meaning chapter of my book. And I just want to touch on this really quick. Yes, please. When, when someone says that they have found their purpose, what they're really saying is I have found an experience that I am good at that makes me feel good. And from this feel good, good at, you know, feedback I get consistently, 
I know that by doing this service, this act, this production, this whatever it is, I will continue to feel happy, alignment. And that alignment is my cue that I'm fulfilling my purpose. But purpose really just means I found this thing I'm happy doing and it's making me money doing it. So what we're really looking for is what will make you happy. If you are a book author, then start waiting tables and go write a book. Stop working at a marketing firm for 60 hours, hoping that you can fit 20 minutes in to write your book once a week, because you are slowly killing the energy that, that impossibility or not impossibility, excuse me, possibilities you're killing them of infinite possibilities because each day that you sit in that job or that you sit in the thing that you don't like, that's the identity that you're taking on. That's the vibration that you're putting out there. That's what you're cultivating. So this is where you have to decide what makes me happy that when it's of service to others, I get feedback, whether it's remuneration, compliments, more opportunities to grow in this direction that this is good for me. If more business owners or people who desired to serve the world through their business looked at it this way, there'd be a lot more success. I totally, totally agree with you, Morgan, and I love the way that you just described that. So Morgan, if you were to give some advice to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself? (laughs) Stop listening to everybody else. Your heart knows exactly what you're supposed to do. And if you just do it, all of the right people, opportunities, and support systems will come into place. It's when you get scared and you listen to someone outside of you that you go off track, you get off the path, and you end up bumping your head even more. Mm, I love it. Absolutely love it. And you are very inspirational, full of energy. I'm curious. Who has been your greatest influence in your time? I would say that the teacher that I have gone back to the most would be Esther Hicks of Abraham Hicks. But I want to say why. I want to be very clear Mm -hmm. why, because some of your listeners will know who this person is and some of them will not. So first, let me say that Esther channels an energy called Abraham. Whether you believe this to be true or not does not matter. It's the information that comes through that's either valuable to you or not. Second, this energy speaks solely of the law of attraction. I don't want to say I am either a proponent or advocate of the law of attraction or not. I would say more closely with my beliefs would be a principle of attraction where you get an energy or nudges. I don't think that if you visualize this thing comes up and I also don't think the law of attraction takes into things like trauma and abuses and, and things of that nature. Cause I, I personally don't, don't believe that way. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying for myself. So if you have all of those things, the thing that Esther talks about or channels through Abraham that I think is so powerful that has influenced me the most is about how our emotions are part of an internal feedback system that is connected to our soul, our spirit, our inner wisdom. And that when we feel happy, content, or peaceful, then that is our soul, our system, our navigation, if you will, saying, hey, Morgan, you're on track. Keep going this way. This is good for you. And when I'm feeling sad, depressed, suicidal, you know, that overwhelm, that's my inner soul that that's connected to source saying, 
um, the thoughts you're thinking and the way you're going, probably don't want to go that way. Let's see if you can backtrack, go into neutral, rewind and, and start going on a different trajectory. So that's why I want to be clear for if, if your listeners are curious about someone and they want to go listen to Esther with a total blank slate, those are the variables. Understand she's channeling someone. She's channeling about a law. But most specifically, the reason Morgan advocates is because I love the principles about the emotional feedback system. And whenever I've been sad and in one of those places, listening to her on YouTube for free, by the way, all sorts of YouTube videos, it's always an upliftment to my my mind, my thought stream, always. I love Esther Hicks. I have quite a few of her DVDs as well. I think she's awesome because it's really about being present, listening to the signs, really tapping into your emotions because your emotions are your guide. They're letting you know uh, which way to go. Exactly. So you know exactly what I'm referring to. Yes, exactly Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So Morgan, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Style. Mm, I can see star for our listeners once they see a photo of you. Definitely very stylish. And the other thing that we love to do as we wrap up the show is ask our woman of, oh, tongue twist, woman of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? I would say the first one is to listen to your intuition. Your intuition cannot lie. Unlike your mind that can rationalize both sides of any story, intuition never lies. Number two, as we were just talking about with Esther Hicks, your emotions also never lie. If you are feeling bad, that means however you're thinking about a situation is not going to create a desired experience for you. And so use those emotional cues, both those that bring you peace and happiness and also those that make you sad and depressed as ways to navigate your life. And then the third, but not least, would be Stop giving your power away by taking on the opinions of other people. Mm, I love all three of those and resonate with all three, Morgan. Thank you so very much. So where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Well, where I hang out the most is on Instagram daily at Morgan B as in Butterfly McKean. And they can also visit me on my website at Being Morgan. That's B I. I'm sorry, me tongue twister now, B-E-I-N-G-M-O-R-G-A-N.com. Thank you so much, Morgan. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom, but also your energy. It's super amazing. And I'm sure our listeners are going to reach out. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun and I hope to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. 
where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.